Welcome everyone to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I'm the host of this podcast and the creator of Balance by Megan. On this podcast, we talk about all things yoga, wellness, health, and spirituality with guests from around the world. So grab your crystals, grab your essential oils, and let's dive into it. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I am the host of this show and the creator of Balance by Megan, an online platform designed to inspire and empower you to begin and maintain your yoga, health, and wellness journey. If you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for tuning into today's podcast episode. And if you are new to the show, Thank you so much for pressing play and for joining us today for today's amazing conversation. I am so excited about this podcast episode. I have been looking for someone to come on the show and talk about animal spirits and animal totems, and that is what you are getting with today's podcast guest. So today on the show, I am joined by Carrie Sewall. Carrie is a teacher and therapist of intuitive practices. Through her journey of depression and chronic pain, she was guided to go inwards to her heart and outwards to her spirit guides to find healing and wholeness. As a Reiki master, she was left needing a more precise way to talk with spirit. This led to Carrie discovering core shamanism and working with her animal guides and teacher guide. She now spends her time assisting those on their journey of healing to awaken to their own intuition, guides, and universal truth. On today's podcast episode, we talk about her journey to discovering core shamanism and Reiki, animal spirits, and how to know if it's your power animal or an animal totem. We discuss plant medicine and how that can help us connect to our intuition, her tips and tricks that we can use to understand and know our own personal animal spirit, and so much more. You guys are in for a real treat with today's podcast episode. Before we dive into the show, I wanted to let you know that you can now find five of my guided meditations on the Insight Timer app. So if you are looking for modern day meditations that you can do from the comfort of your home and on your time, make sure you look for me, Megan Farrell, on the Insight Timer app. I will make sure that this is all linked in the show notes so you can just click the link there and be guided right to the Insight Timer app and join along with me as I lead you through these guided meditations. Now, without further ado, please welcome Carrie Suwall to the Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Carrie. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for inviting me, Megan. I'm super (laughs) stoked to be here and be a part of your show today. Yeah, we're going to cover so much in this podcast, and it was just divine timing that you were mentioned in my life to come on the show and We're going to definitely get into how that all happened, but for our audience, can you let them know a little bit about yourself and where you are currently joining us from? Yeah, you betcha. Well, I'm out here in the Rocky Mountains of Canada in Canmore, Alberta, and I I do a lot of intuitive work, we'll say, energy work, energy healing through multiple modalities. Uh, such as core shamanism, which is working with animal guides and spirit helpers. 
I do Akashic record readings, which is looking at the soul's records and pulling forward information to help us on our, on our path, wherever we're at right now. And I do a lot of Reiki energy healing. So looking at the chakra system, finding imbalances, and just helping people progress on their path and really understand, you know, the root causes to some of their maybe physical or mental imbalances that they're carrying and just how to move forward with more acceptance, love, and, you know, possibly just fully healing it through the field of energy. I do that with one-on-ones with people. And I do a lot of teaching and courses online as well. Awesome. I'm selfishly so excited for this podcast. Before we hit record, I was saying to you, there's been a lot of people who've come on the podcast and animal spirits and guides have come up. And quite a few times people are like, man, I don't know the difference between them. I would love to know, like, what's the difference between a spirit guide and an animal's totem? And I'm like, I have to have somebody come on the show who can speak to that. And Shout out to a mutual friend of ours, Mike, who's like, I have the perfect girl for you. She needs to come on. And that's how we were introduced. So I'm so excited for this, but I want to back right up. And how did you even get started on your journey? What was the first thing to come into your life? And what made you decide to take this path? For sure. You know, I was a little bit confused. I call it the quarter life crisis of like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? I always had this feeling deep down inside that, you know, work is something we're doing for (laughs) so much time in our lives. And, and I wanted it to be something that brought me joy that I was passionate about and that I could impact the lives of others. And that put a lot of pressure on me. And I went through a pretty heavy period of like anxiety and depression and confusion and, I don't really believe in just coincidences. I feel like we're all kind of divinely connected in this field of oneness and this stranger popped in my life and gave me some words of wisdom and essentially said, just go do something because you're trying to figure it all out in your head. Just take an action, take a step on anything. It doesn't matter what, and then you'll know if it's right or if it's wrong. And so I did that. I registered the next day and I went to aesthetic school. And in aesthetic school, uh, one of the things you learn is relaxation massage. And that brought me to massage. And I realized through massage, like, wow, this is really impacting people's lives in a positive way. They're feeling so great. Their body's feeling great. They feel, it's like progress, right? It's like growth. And to be a part of that in someone's life and help reduce their pain, it just, wow, made me feel so great. So then I went back and I did my massage therapy and I've been a massage therapist for 10 years now. And through that process, I've been seeing the benefits in the body, but I noticed that people will keep returning over and over. It's like you go in, you get a massage or physio or chiro or acupuncture and pain will keep returning like chronic inflammation or tightness just keeps returning to the body and then i began to question like okay how can we impact this completely like over the lifespan how can we totally heal this issue and that answer came through energy and through reiki is where i started my roots in my intuitive practices and i knew this worked by me going to a healer myself. It's kind of like one of those things where you can read about it, but until you experience it, then you know, like just how impactful it is, how real it is. 
and how it can really change your lives. Like the answers are all here within our body, within our energy. And, and so I've been bringing those two together, Reiki and massage. I do what's called chakra massage. And now I'll find an area of tension in someone's body and I'll ask the body, the energy body, what are you holding on to? Or what does this person need to know to fully heal? And I'll receive that answer through energy, also through shamanism and share that with them so that they can fully, like once they let go, they're really letting go of that emotional cause, mental cause, or the trauma that they're carrying in the body. Um, so that's kind of my journey of like getting me into it is just wanting to take healing a little bit deeper and have more longevity for people. Yay. I'm so glad you brought this up. It's something that I've been talking quite often about um, social media wise on this podcast, just in, you know, person to person connection and yes, COVID restrictions, like within family and stuff. And it's this mind, body, soul connection. And I think it gets a lot of a bad rap, right? Like it sounds so woo woo to a lot of people. And it's when you, when you say it in, to a person who's maybe not so spiritually inclined and you kind of explain it of, as like, you know, you, you chronically have sciatica, you know, we know that's more of a symptom rather than a thing, but you know, you do acupuncture, you do massage, you do all these things and it's not going away. So let's go a little deeper into, you know, what are you holding on to? And I think when you can break it down into more tangible tips for people who are, you know, kind of brand new and they don't really get it, it really starts to make sense. And I mean, being in the energy field, we know we're like, ah, oh, there's probably something more going on. You know, maybe there's something little blockage in the root chakra or something along those lines. But I'm so happy that you brought up getting into Reiki and to really diving more into, okay, what is more than going on than just coming for, you know, like a massage for well-being. I think that's amazing. But when those people are coming back and back and they're like, now it's like, it's back again, or I'm struggling with this. And then to dive deeper into, okay, what is energetically going on? And so how did core shamanism come into all of this? That's like a really cool thing to get into and to study. Yeah, absolutely. It's been life-changing for me getting into shamanism. Well, yeah, what pulled me there was I'd been practicing Reiki for a few years and I noticed you know, I wanted to take my practice further. I wanted to, I wanted to receive more messages, really. Reiki is so beautiful. For me, it was very, it's, it's different for everyone, but for me, it was very, I could feel the energy in my hands, probably because I massage all the time. My hands are super sensitive and I could feel blockages and I could feel where it's flowing well and I could feel where it's blocked and I'd spend my time there you know, manipulating, calling in positive chi and releasing negative chi. And I would feel it shift and move out of the body. So that was awesome. But I didn't always have the understanding of what specifically they're holding on to. Like I could say, oh, it's over the heart and it's the heart chakra. And it's all about giving and receiving love. So I'd get some information from where it's located in the body. But intuitively, I hadn't quite blossomed yet to receive messages. And I was looking at different modalities and thinking, you know, what would speak to me? What, what might work well for me? Because every person is going to be completely different in what type of intuitive practice they go into that works and resonates with them. 
but you know two things were really big about shamanism that drew me towards it one is connection to the plant kingdom to our environment is huge connection to the elements and when i go outside i'm like in my you know everyone feels it there's just something beautiful that happens when you go outside but i i really noticed that connection to plants and to being outside and how important that was for me and how um i i just felt really held i feel really held when i go outside something beautiful happens with energy and then the second was the connection to animals and i've always been like a huge animal advocate for compassion towards animals and uh being vegan for you know 12 years now it was just you know i i ridiculously love animals <laughs> especially dogs and uh and you know shamanism had that opening to the animal kingdom and to the plant kingdom and i thought let's try this okay let's just let's go try it so it's called core shamanism the shamanic uh, teachings that I've been learning and practicing and core shamanism is really interesting it's it's what it does is it's taken practices from all over the world because shamanism isn't just you know here in Canada or in US or in one country or in Mexico it's it's everywhere every culture has a shaman and has had a shaman for a very long time and a shaman is essentially one who connects to the spirit world they may be doing healing work, they may be doing divination, which is, you know, receiving messages, uh, they may be calling spirit into their body and merging with a spirit and allowing that spirit to work through them. Or they may be working with plant medicine, right, like ayahuasca. So there's many different things that shamans do. Um, so core shamanism has kind of taken a study of all of the practices across the world and seeing what's the majority that's everyone that everyone's practicing or that you know most shamans are using in their practice and i think that's really interesting because shamans are connecting to spirits so often we're practicing the same things because it's not like you know we're thinking in our head and we're creating something it's no we're receiving our teachings from spirit so a lot of the teachings are the same that are found across the globe so stepping into core shamanism was just felt really great to me and i i didn't want to also you know overstep any boundaries of of culture right i'm yes i'm a canadian but i'm not an indigenous person here to canada um that's not my culture of course i want to learn about it but it's not in any way anything i'd have we'll say like a right to practice that tradition uh, so core shamanism just felt more fitting to me. I felt really called to it inside and I thought I'll just go try it. And the first day I went, I we met our power animal and I had <laughs> such a, a funny experience in that I was so excited to meet my power animal and I had all this tension and kind of like nervousness and like, okay, who who's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? And we went into what's called a journey journey work. It's kind of like a guided visualization or meditation. And we go to the, the space where our power animals uh, dwell in that, that level, that field to meet them. Of course they can come just meet us wherever we are, but we went to go meet them and I didn't meet my power animal. And, uh, and I came out of the journey and I was just like crying. I was, I was just upset from all that tension I put on myself. I'm like, Oh, they're not going to show up for me. And then the next exercise we did was called, it was kind of like a dance where we merge with our power animal. 
and I didn't, you know, it's like I'd already let go of all my expectations. I'm like, well, whatever, it's probably not going to happen. And then this animal showed up for me and it was just so vivid, like so real. I again cried, but it was out of, uh, it was, it was just kind of like this intense moment of like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe how, how real this is for me. Like I couldn't imagine this in my wildest dreams. And, and it was actually the animal that I'm most afraid of in my life. I've had a lot of, uh, negative experiences with birds. I've been attacked multiple times by uh, hawks like dove at me and my grandparents had a, a bird farm growing up uh, so I've been attacked a few times there too and uh, and it was a bird so I was also really afraid seeing this huge bird um, show up for me and merging with me but I, I learned afterwards that you know, the animal is our, our power animal is kind of like our main animal is the one who will teach us the most in our life. And usually they stay with us our whole life, but they can shift at times. If we've, you know, gone through huge progressions, we can uh, have a new power animal come in. So it, it may be an animal that's a lot like you. Maybe it's an animal that you love and you see like you love horses and you ride horses and it's a horse or it may be like me, the animal that I was most afraid of. And it was kind of like a hawk. And I have so much to learn from that animal. Like, why am I afraid of it? Well, it's a predator, the, the bird that I connected with. And I always felt like I was more a person of prey. So I have to start looking at these characteristics of the animal. Um, it has amazing sight, you know, it can fly so high and, and just have this great spectrum of sight. And at that time, I was pretty pigeonholed in my life. You know, I could only see what was really in front of me and harder to see the greater picture. So this guide has really expanded my awareness to see this greater field. Um, so this is, I guess, what pulled me into shamanism. But the thing is, as soon as I met that guide, I now had this tool that I used every time I was in a Reiki session and and still today to this point I do and I ask for a message it's actually my bird guide that comes and shows me the message so they'll do something like what's a good example you know I had a, a client who was going through a divorce and my bird kind of flew in and took me to the scene of a graveyard and I just felt this feeling of death and it was so strong, you know, but it, it was that death of the relationship. So there was some symbolism there. It's always through symbolism and the bird will kind of always show me some sort of message and maybe it'll be how my bird appears. Maybe it'll seem happy or sad or be wearing something or be a different color. Uh, and it gives me a really specific message to what's going on with the energy body with myself or with others so that's been kind of the awakening tool for me in shamanism is it has really bonded the field of energy and understanding the energy and giving me messages that's kind of what divination is is like receiving an, an answer and a really specific answer and how to move forward like I have so many questions that are coming up for me and I want to make sure that I don't overwhelm you. And I'm like, I have this question, this question, and this question. First of all, that's amazing. And I think it's such a, it could sounds, what, what's the word I'm trying to say here? I feel like animals are part of 
everyone's life. Like I feel like at some point or another, we've felt a connection to a certain animal or we see a certain animal come up for us a lot. And maybe it doesn't mean very much to us at the time, but I think it's like you were saying, it's a very collective thing that I think animals appear for us. They give us messages, they show up, or we just feel a super strong connection to them. Do you think we maybe intuitively or maybe a lot of us as a collective know our power animal or do you think it has to be kind of given to us because I feel like I know what my power animal is just because I have a really really strong connection with them but I've never been told for sure oh yeah that is right for you I'm just like I feel like I know what it is yeah, you know, no one's going to tell you. You are the one who's going to discover that. And if you know, you know, like that's amazing. And that's your power animal. <laughs> Whatever the animal you're experiencing is, that's your power animal. And I love that you've found that on your own. Uh, I do this a lot with clients where I'll, I say, we're going to meet your power animal. But what I'm doing is I'm just kind of taking them on a guided journey. It, you know, I'm guiding them like a guided meditation or visualization. I'm setting up the space for them where we go into what's called the lower world in shamanism and the lower worlds where all the plant and animal spirits dwell. And it can also be a more celestial being to like a unicorn or a griffin or a dragon, you know, things that aren't uh, <laughs> in our, our earth plane. And, and that's amazing too, because those are really great messengers. Uh, but yeah, I guide them. And then I say, okay, your power animal's here. Meet your power animal. And an animal will always appear. And I usually always get the same response of, I see a, you know, fill in the blank, whatever the animal is. I don't know if this is my power animal. <laughs> That's their next question, right? <laughs> I'm like, come on, you got to trust this intuition. It's to you loud and clear. And it's, it's just, we don't have the tools of confidence to know that this is real for us. It's not our imagination. It, it kind of feels the same sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, intuition and imagination. But if you set an intention in the field of energy, that's what you're going to receive. So we always set that strong intention, which is I wish to meet my power animal. Mm -hmm. And I have them say that. And then voila, there is your power animal. It can be so simple. Yeah. The only issue is our own confidence in believing what we're seeing and trusting that, like trusting ourselves. Of course we know, of course we, everyone knows. It's just, are they going to allow themselves to know it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. It's, I feel like it's that way for everything, right? Like <laughs> we set ourselves up for like making things so difficult. And it's something as simple as like, here's a guided meditation. Now you're meeting your, your power animal. And it's almost like it's, it's too easy. I don't know if maybe that's the way everybody feels, but it's like, oh no, like that can't be it. Or you feel like maybe it's an animal, like you were saying that you're like, wow, like, no, that's not it. And you look it up or you find someone who can break it down a little bit for you more. And you're like, oh yeah, that is a little bit, or that's very much like me, or that's something I'm experiencing right now. Or, I mean, like I was saying, I'm not an expert at, and in any means at all, in this, this is why I have you on, but I've had a few people who are like, oh, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like I'm drawn to, it seems to be birds a lot lately too. Like I've had a lot of people who've been 
connection to birds and I mean birds is so broad right it could be an owl it could be a hawk it could be a falcon it could like it could be a bunch of things but they don't like they just don't trust that that's what it is and I'm like if it's coming up for you there's a reason why it's coming up for you so mine is a dolphin I'm positive it's a dolphin (laughs) and and it's it's I've always had a connection to them I'm very much connected to the ocean and to the sun and to the sea and sand and all that good stuff but dolphins truly truly speak to my heart so I am like that has never changed for me but I'm also really glad that you brought up that your power animal can shift through different stages of your life and I I don't maybe that throws people off too maybe they're like I don't know I I thought I was an elk at one point or that was my power animal but now it feels more like a like a bird or something along those lines so thank you for bringing that up yeah my second question I have like three questions so (laughs) my second question is what is the difference between like a power animal and I don't know if this is the correct term so you can tell me if I'm wrong but like an animal totem like animals that pop up and have messages for you but they're not your power animal yeah great question so they come in so many forms you know there's messengers like daily messengers I look outside and I see two crows flying north you know to me that's a message for me in this moment today and I and I guess I just know it's a message and I'm like oh those two crows aren't my power animal because of the connection I have to them like it doesn't feel super intense I'm just witnessing you know these two crows flying north well two okay I think of like close relationship maybe with a friend or with my partner and the direction of north what does that mean to me as a person well north uh, maybe just someone it's like North Pole and Santa Claus and like being more playful and dreaming. And to me, it's like, oh, a connection to divine and to spirit. Mm. So there's going to be some growth in our relationship in that direction. Uh, so there's that symbolism of just, you know, you see an animal and you're not necessarily like super connected to it, but you're just like, oh, that's neat. That's, that's a neat animal. I don't usually see an elk or I don't usually see a deer or a rabbit. Uh, and the next question to that is, what does a rabbit mean to me? Or what does a deer mean to me? Before you go check a book or you check the internet, you have to ask yourself because the deepest wisdom is going to come from what you think of that animal. And maybe, you know, maybe a rabbit to you could be like, you think of the Easter bunny or you think of being an animal of prey who's running around, or you just think of like, cute fluffy softness and kindness you know it's so different for each person and that's where the message is going to be strongest is what do you know about this animal its characteristics Uh, maybe you don't know much about it at all Uh, like a dolphin's a great one i think they're just oh so majestic but they have wild characteristics so like megan what do you know about dolphins and their habitat like or facts, you know, just off the top of your head, what do you think of when you think of dolphins? Super playful. They like interaction. They like to be with others and communicate with others and hotness. So heat and ocean. (laughs) 
Yes. Amazing. So I, I love that. So that's like, and we're talking about your power animals. So we're going to look at the symbolism, right? Like those are all important for you. Ocean is important for you. Heat is important for you. Being playful, fun, having a sense of community. And then you get to expand on that too and learn more. Like dolphins will at times attack sharks and they'll protect other species from being hunted by attacking them. So I think like, yeah, they are these amazing loving creatures, but they can also be fierce and like step up to defend other beings who are being harmed by bullies, right? (laughs) So there's that characteristic too that we can draw on. So looking at the symbolism, um, so power animal, you know, the only way to clearly define is to ask. And asking your intuition may seem like really vulnerable and, you know, how do I know? Well, you just ask. So what I would do for you, even though you're already quite certain, but let's say you had two animals and you're like, I don't know if it's a dolphin or if it's a horse, right? So you would close your eyes, you would call on the dolphin first or the horse, and you would just ask, are you my power animal? And you ask them three times and you wait. <laughs> I know it's like, why do we ask three times? Well, no, just I love getting- it. Yeah, we're getting that like specific clarity, like this is a solid yes, right? And then you could ask the horse three times and you would get the solid no. Or maybe like they're not giving you a clear answer. And and there's a message in that too. And maybe that's them saying, I'm not your power animal, but I am still a spirit guide and a helper here for you. So like I have many guides and helpers that are animals and they all have different Uh, function. Some of them are just for me, like I tune into the energy of lion quite often. And that's just for me. That's for me to step into my confidence and my empowerment. I don't use lion when I'm doing healing work with others. Uh, I use a tiger who's come to me to do healing work with others and they help. It's like they use their claws and they dig away kind of negative stagnant energy in the body. And I discover that just by asking them, you know, how can I work with you? What are you here for? Are you here to support me? Are you here to support others? Are you just a passerby bringing in a message? So really, this is where you get to be really playful and just ask those questions, even though it seems like you're having a conversation in your mind with yourself. (laughs) You're not, you're conversing with spirit, with energy. And this may throw people off too, but our guides are a part of us, right? A reflection of us. So in a way we are conversating with ourselves, but we're conversating with our higher self who is all knowing and is in the field of oneness. So just kind of like me and you are having this conversation right now, Megan, there's also this connecting element between us where, I don't know if you ever had this feeling when you do, it's called soul gazing and you look into someone's eyes and eventually you just let down the fields of vulnerability and you connect to I, I've realized it's just kind of connecting to ourself. Sometimes people's faces will shape shift when we're staring at the eyes and they'll reflect ourselves or our family members. And that's where that field of oneness really comes in. Some really wild things happen when we do eye gazing for long periods of time, but it's because we're looking into the field of the soul and we find that spectrum of oneness. So when we work with guides, we're also working with oneness. So it is a reflection of ourself. So that's why we question it is like, is this just coming for me or is this my guide? Well, it's, it's both. It is you and it is your guide. Yay. Yeah, that's amazing. I loved everything that you were saying there. And it's, there's something about I don't know if it's like 
the century that we're currently living in or the decade or what have you not, or if everyone has ever experienced this, but we, majority of us, I feel like as a society have a real issue with being alone with our thoughts, with our intuition and just being alone. And it gets such a bad rep. And like you were saying, like you intuitively know, right? Like you, your spirit animal is, it's there, whether it's showing up for you as a sign or as your power animal, it's like, you know, you also, you normally know, or you always know your, your answers to your, to your questions. Like the answers are always within yourself and we just don't trust it we let external influences tell us. It was nice what you were saying too about what comes up for you when you see a certain animal rather than a lot of us, I think we'll go to a book and I'm guilty of it too. I'm like, oh, let me tell you what this means. And it, that's been something I've been very much working on even with my Oracle cards, right? I'll draw like an Oracle card and I'm like, okay, well, like, what does this mean to me? And sometimes I'm like, I need a little bit more. So I will look up like what the quote unquote definition is in the card, but it's a practice, right? Like, I don't feel like most of us, it's like meditation. Like most of us don't just get it the first time we do it. We're like, oh, okay. Now I know how to do this. It's, it's easy peasy. I'll never have an issue with this. It's like, it's learning to trust yourself again. It's learning to be okay with being alone and seeing what comes up for you and that intuition and all of that stuff. So I loved everything that you were saying. And I love the tips that you gave. I'm a big component of saying things three times too, like affirmations. I'll say it three times. I feel like three is just like a super powerful number. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, it just like feels right to me. I'm like, we're going to say this three times. See, I had another question too, but something else is coming up for me right now. What is your take or your opinion on if someone and this might be really controversial, but if someone passes away, sometimes people will be like, oh, I see this animal come up for me often, or, you know, I, I feel more connected to th this animal, and, you know, it was so-and-so's favorite. Um, for example, when my aunt passed away recently in the summertime, I kept seeing cardinals everywhere, and that was her favorite animal, and I don't know if it meant anything, or if maybe it was me projecting something out, but I feel like that comes up for a lot of people is like these animals come to us when we lose someone. Yeah, that's a great question. And you're making me reflect on like, oh, it's the best way to, to really like truly answer this because I think it's bigger and much more important than we um, give it credit for or give credit to it. And yeah, when we pass on, you know, what's, what's being lost? Okay, the body's being lost. That's it though, the, the soul goes on, the consciousness of our, our truest self, our highest self goes on, the memories go on, the, the karma goes on, so much continues. And there's a field of connection as well, like, because we're still in the field, like, yeah, we're here and we have a body and there's these solid things around us, but energy is here, karma is here, spirit is here, our soul is here. All of that's still here. So for her to connect with you through a cardinal, I think is extremely likely. And the only issue that I think probably arose for you is not issue, um, 
soul growth challenge is to trust your intuition. Like she actually gave you an opportunity to trust that that was her connecting with you. And, and even if it was some time ago, let's like, if you're open to it, you can open up that field again and say, I'm ready to connect again. Anytime you want to just let me know you're around, I'm witnessing and I'm watching because again, you know, the, the Cardinals, (laughs) they are, we are composed of complete energy. So there's no boundary or lack of communication between spirit and physical form and reality. And we can see this through mediums and channelers who can channel spirit to speak through them. So if a, if a human body can do that and we can push our egos aside to let a spirit come through, imagine what an animal can do who's quite lacking in in terms of ego compared to the human right and and the conscious thoughts that go on there's such beautiful conduits and vessels for spirit to come through and to direct them into our lives so especially seeing an animal like that i would absolutely trust that that's a messenger of a family member from the other side much more than I don't know what we're waiting for. Like, you know, it can come through to us directly through dreams and through visions, but often our mind is just so full that we're blocking the third eye and that intuitive center that we're not going to see those messages ourselves. So it has to come through in the physical realm, which will be through animals and through plants or, you know, something we see and witness. Um, So that's a great way that they'll connect with us, but they can just directly connect with us too you know, through meditation or through dreams, we just have to be open and ready to receive and kind of like create this space for that connection to happen. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. I have a question and I don't know if it's something that you can speak on, but I thought I would ask because it was coming up for me. What is your take on plant medicine when it comes to tapping into that intuition? Do you feel like it's something that can absolutely help us and, you know, maybe not for everybody, but a majority of us can experience it? Or do you feel like it's some sort of permission slip that we're looking for that says, you know, we do the plant medicine, we have the experiences, and it's like, we can trust those experiences because the plant medicine gave us permission. I don't know if that really makes sense sense to you but I feel like a lot of the time we look for external factors to go no 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 it's okay you can do that or does that make sense (laughs) yeah totally yeah (laughs) this is a great question for me because I'm kind of I don't know growing up I was really judgmental against all types of substances (laughs) I'm like oh that's just not necessary even uh, even alcohol you know and we call alcohol spirits because it actually allows us to connect to spirit world but also allows us to connect to darker spirits too and I had this judgment to all these things of like, oh, people need these substances, using the term substances, because it can be plant medicine or it can be, you know, something created in a lab as well. Mm-hmm. And they can give you, hallucinogenics can give you this incredible experience uh, where we do connect to our intuition, to spirit, to our higher selves, and we get these genuine messages that can come through. But I was judgmental because I always believed, you know, we can do that on our own. That's within us. That's, we don't need this outside help or this outside support. But that was a pretty, like, just naive approach and not necessarily seeing what a gift it can be to people. You know, ayahuasca has been shown to support people uh, 
with substance abuse, right? With, with really deep trauma, there's been, uh, people will go into a therapy session and start to do psilocybin, so mushrooms, and help them with PTSD. So deep emotional trauma wounds that they can't really get to or access without this because it's, it's too fear-based, I want to say. It just grabs them and they can't move, you know? And this substance, these mushrooms, are going to help them open up to that field so they can finally look at it through the eyes of love, I want to say. So plants are really great at assisting and supporting when we have something that's too heavy and too fear-based to deal with on our own. I think it's great for that. I also think it's really great for people who are called to it, right? Maybe you're just really called to it and you're not called to going and doing a Vipassana, like a 10 day silent meditation. And you're called to going and, you know, just creating your own experience with plant medicine or with a shaman or going, you know, to South America and doing that. That is, I, I think we're still gonna find the same results. Uh, it, it's to me, it's kind of like a, a press fast forward button and they're gonna get there faster. And I think that's beautiful and that's incredible. Uh, it can be a little bit more fear around that too. Like you really have to allow that process to happen with the plant and with that merging with your spirit to really let go and, and go deep into that. And with intention, you can go very far. Uh, but I also know that that's anything that the plant medicine world has brought us access to can be accessed without it as well. It's, also all within us again that field of energy and oneness we can access it all without it and on my personal journey that's kind of the route i've been taking is like slow and steady and and i like that because i'm just a little more i guess gentle with myself and uh and it feels more safe to me and controlled because i know i can always pop out of it mm -hmm. you know if i'm in a meditation or in a journey and i'm having an experience with a spirit or or with my, my physical body and energy, I have the capacity to just step back and be like, no, um, this feels like too much for me. Maybe I'll try it tomorrow or I'll try it next year if I feel called to it going into this field and going further in it. Whereas with the plant medicine, it just takes you there. <laughs> it's kind of like, goodbye, personal boundaries, we're going. Um, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I love to hear what you feel about it. <laughs> I truthfully don't know a ton about it i can barely pronounce akawakawe ayahuasca <laughs> i'm like i'm the worst when it comes to like i gotta see it spelt out like google when it tells you how to spell it out i'm like perfect <laughs> i really struggle with that word it's it's funny because i'm the same i i grew up very much with the same kind of judgment my there is a lot of abuse in my family with regards to drugs and alcohol. So that's what I associated a lot of, you know, if you're going to do that, that's the route that you're going down. And I was on heavy, heavy anxiety and depression medication for a majority of my life. And, you know, this might be very controversial to some people, but when I chose to come off of it, I subsidized by subsidized by smoking marijuana and knowing what I know now like my parents smoke they smoked like most of their life uh, my brother smokes and it's just 
for them, it's their form of like self-care. They don't really want to be prescribed prescription drugs. And that's how they deal with anxiety or other things that are going on. So I don't smoke anymore now. I just, I don't love the feeling of it. It makes me very tired. Like I'm that type of person who used to smoke and I could like easily fall asleep in the middle of like a ruxious party, like easily, no problem. But at the time it really, really helped me. And I think that really opened my eyes to more healing modalities with plants. I have heard horror stories of people going to Joe Blow's basement and doing mushrooms and stuff and like turning out bad. So like, I feel like if anyone ever tells me they, they want to do that, I'm like, make sure you're doing it with a legit person, like somebody who can, can kind of control the environment, who knows what they're doing. If you have like a bad trip or if something's coming up for you and you're like freaking out, they can calm you down and deal with you. But I don't, I, I know people who've done it and have had amazing experiences as well. So I feel like I would be open to it. But as of right now, I'm, it's not like something I'm like, oh, I have to do it. Maybe, you know, maybe in time it changes for me. But I'm, I'm always curious how it works for other people. And if, to me, if it helps you gain rec- control of your life, like there's this new study that's coming out that, you know, moms who are really experiencing postpartum it's been shown to microdose with mushrooms has been very very effective rather than putting them back on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and that's been incredible for me to learn and to realize that that's like a really you know it's a it's a movement that's coming out that's making a lot of waves and maybe we don't need to go back on to western prescribed medication that was yeah. a long answer. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. And I love hearing that too, right? Like we're learning so much every day uh, about plant medicine, but we're learning about it from the scientific standpoint, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Um, and you bring up a great point too. I've heard of some negative experiences with, with plant medicine and not being held in a, a safe space or by someone who can just hold that space, right? Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is Um, that I want to share with people is if you're trying something for, you know, especially the first time to connect with whatever it is that you're trying, you know, hold it in your hands, close your eyes, you know, take a moment to feel the energy of it because right there it will tell you if this is for you or if this is not for you. Everything has a feeling and it can speak to our energy. And I do this, you know, in my, my grandma's house, she had this uh, MCT oil that they were using for pain and she wanted to give it to me because they didn't need it anymore. Uh, my grandpa had passed. And so I, I put it in my hands and I felt the energy and I could feel the vibration. And I was like, wow, this is really potent. This is really healing and powerful. But I knew that it wasn't in alignment with my vibration. So I, you know, I declined and said, I'll give it to somebody else. Right. (laughs) Um, So just hold it and, and feel it um, because it it will tell you if it's for you or not. And actually with Western medicine too. So uh, Megan recently, I actually started on antidepressants myself and I am, that was the most difficult decision for me because I am 100% Eastern medicine, fix it, listen to your intuition, your body can heal itself. And I know that to be true. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've done all the spiritual work and my intuition didn't say, 
okay, you need to do something hard to heal this. It said, okay, you're really afraid of trying antidepressants and pharmaceuticals. And I felt that fear in my body. And it said, it's time to get over that. And it's time to get over the judgment because I have a lot of judgment against pharmaceuticals as well. And judgment just creates a, a low vibration, no matter what it is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I tuned into the vibration of some natural substances like St. John's Worts and then some pharmaceutical stuff, SSRIs, which help serotonin reuptake in the body. And I could feel the vibration and I just thought it is really powerful and it is actually going to be really supportive for me right now. And I didn't hold it in my hands. I just wrote down the name and tuned into it because it actually doesn't matter if it's here or there, you know, vibration is vibration. Uh, so to begin to trust our intuition, even when it takes us to unexpected places or places that may feel dark and scary to us, uh, it's always it's always guiding us towards our best self. And sometimes that means going through some dark stuff to get there, um, but there's always something beautiful there. So really, you know, don't take that for granted what we're feeling. There is always a yes and a no within us. Uh, and sometimes there's an I'm unsure too, right? <laughs> and, and trusting those feelings, like to me, it's just a feeling, like it's the best way to describe energy of vibration. I'm not saying a yes or a no, there's a this feels good or this feels wrong and trusting that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things too. I'm sure you can relate to at the time I was on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. It was the best thing for me at that time. And I don't judge anyone who like a girlfriend of mine just went back on hers as well. And I'm like, if this is what, and she felt really guilty about doing it. And I was like, if this is what you need right now to get out of that really dark space that you're at, it doesn't have to be a long-term thing. Do it right now. And it's, you know, because she considers herself very spiritual as well. Right. So she was like, but I should be able to do this on my own. And it's like, keep experimenting with that. Do those healing modalities. But for the time being, take the medication. If you feel like it's going to help you progress on this journey, instead of staying yeah. stuck and stagnant in this really dark energy. So yeah. it's like you said, I think we just, your intuition doesn't lie. And we, our bodies always know. And it's, are you familiar? I feel, feel like people are going to be like, Oh my God, she's bringing this up again, but I'm very passionate about it. Are you familiar with human design at all? No. Ooh. Okay. We have something to talk about. <laughs> I was listening to one of your podcasts on it, but I don't know that much. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we're going to talk about this afterwards, but it's, human design is very much like there's these centers in our body that make that make the decision. And it's always like, we always think that it's the head, but the head can only process pros and cons and yeah. it doesn't make the decisions. It's always the body. And in human designs, we all have these centers and specific centers will make the decisions for you. And you have to learn to like trust into that and honor that. But it's the same kind of idea. It's like, your head will, or your ego will want to make a decision. And it, that's not what it's there for. Your body intuitively knows whether it's a, you know, expansion or a contraction or that gut feeling or that immediate yes, no, like it, it knows. So I have a question for you because you do a lot of energy work. And for me, I know that doing a lot of energy work for others can leave me feeling very 
not depleted in a bad way, but very like a lot of energy has gone out. How do you maintain your energy? What sort of self-care routines or practices do you do that kind of help you come back to yourself and without exerting all your energy and feeling totally depleted or bringing on other people's negative, negative energy? Yeah. Um, great question. And this is definitely something if there's any Reiki practitioners out there, like they know, because this is like the biggest thing we go over in, in uh, Reiki level one intention is everything. And we need to get out of this, like, I guess the, the physical realm and the mental realm and go into that field of energy. And because everything is energy, intention is, is everything. Our thoughts are everything. Our emotion, energy too, our, our physical body, energy too. So if we're fatigued, okay, what do we do about that fatigue? You know, is it my fatigue? Is it someone else's fatigue I'm carrying? Um, so this is kind of like post-care. Well, I would say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to fill up. <laughs> it sounds so crazy, but I'm going to fill up with, with energy right now. Mm-hmm. And I visualize, I love visualization. I think it's just bringing in, you know, a, a new dimension and, and thickness to the intention that we're creating. It's like doubling that magnetism of energy we're pulling in. So I love to see like a waterfall and where's that energy coming from? To me, it's the universe, but you know, energy is, in a a space of abundance it's not in a space of lack Mm -hmm. and uh it's everywhere there's nowhere that it's not so we're not stealing it from somewhere that needs it it's just it's everything it's everywhere you know it, it is us if we get drained i think this is kind of how we've been programmed we'll say i'll say societally programmed uh just consciously right we'll be around someone who talks a lot and we're not talking at all and we get mentally exhausted and drained right but you know we can sit in a space of awareness of saying you know this is them and this is me we're two separate beings i'm not giving my energy i'm just being me here in this space doesn't matter if I'm speaking or not, you know, and, and just with that reminder, well, we, we hold and we maintain our energy and we're not fatigued because we've made that separation of, I have my energy and I'm good and I'm not depleting it. I'm not giving it away. So just really simple intention. So pre-care is the most important thing with intention. If you go into a conversation with someone and you know, you generally feel exhausted with them or a healing session with someone and you generally feel exhausted with them. You need to have a clear uh, boundary with yourself, invocation, intention of what do you want to do with your energy? Give it a job. And maybe that's going to be, you're giving them energy, but it's not your energy. So in Reiki, we're never giving our energy. We're giving universal energy, universal chi. So it's like it's flowing from earth and sky down into our heart chakra, out through our hands, into that person. And the beautiful thing is you always feel good at the end. So when I'm giving a session to someone, I always feel better at the end than I felt at the beginning as the giver, because all that beautiful energy is flowing through me. And the negative energy, I'm not letting it flow through me. I'm, I'm giving it a place to go. To me, it's down into the earth to be renewed and reused and recycled into something useful and positive. I'm not saying I'm soaking it up. 
Like we really have to help direct it because if we don't, we'll just sponge it up because our poor little human heart just wants to like hug the world and heal everybody and make them better and take on all their crap. <laughs> and we do that, especially with our family. Like we do that when they're hurt, we feel hurt, um, but we don't have to. Is it really helping if we are absorbing their pain? No it helps to be aware and to witness someone's pain. We can empathize and we can feel it, but we have to release it right away and not identify with it as our own. So it's being really clear and defining our, our personal boundaries of energy, of emotion, our physical boundaries of what we're absorbing and what we're not absorbing. So we, we are the directors and the creators of that. So preemptively, we need to have really clear, really strong boundaries. And that wasn't even your question. Your question was, you know, what do I do for, I guess, self-care and maintenance? So that's a part of it. Um, but just for myself, you know, I start my day with a practice every day. I, I teach a uh, lot of attraction and, and I'm also pretty big into, I, I don't want to say Buddhism because <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not fully a Buddhist, but I, I do a lot of Buddhist practices, um, which is the complete opposite of law of attraction. <laughs> Buddhism is more about just acceptance, seeing and witnessing everything as it is, not trying to manipulate and change. Law of attraction in Reiki is the total opposite. It's let's create, let's destroy, let's, you know, be our best self. So, so I've, I've merged the two and and now my affirmations are not a state of want and desire, but they're a state of being. So what that looks like to me, and I guess how that's different from how it used to be for me is, you know, I'll start with my morning affirmations and maybe the first one will be, I am joy. I just make them really simple. Not like I'm a joyful person or I'm a happy person. I am joy. And I'll say that phrase. And this used to take a long time. You know, I would wait until I feel it. And, and sometimes I would take a while to access that in myself, but now it's, it's instant because I, I realize that it is here. Everything is here. Everything is accessible. I could wake up and say, I'm sad. I'm depressed. I am lonely. And I will feel those. Mm -hmm. Or I can wake up and say, I'm joyful. I am peace. I am love. I am free. I am abundant. I'm healthy. And I will feel those. Uh, so that's my morning practice is affirmations. But I want to say like present being affirmations I know that law of attraction does work in that if I feel it in this moment and I say it and I speak it and I think it, more of that will come to me. But also, I can just feel it right now. You know, I don't have to wait for my external environment to bring me joyful experiences. Why does my joy have to be indicative on what's going on in the universe around me? Joy is within me. So I'm kind of calling myself out on it. And that's my morning ritual is I am, and then, you know, fill in the blank. I, I wait till I feel it. And then I go about my day. And that really sets me up to be in the vibration I want to be in because we are creators and we do create our lives, taking back that control and that peace. And in terms of the, I guess, the more Buddhist approach of acceptance and just non-judgment, you know, just witnessing that comes in really handy when these other things come in, like say depression, <laughs> things that aren't uh, desired, right? That aren't uh, something I want to attract into my life um, or, or health issues, you know, whatever it may be, or financial issues or job issues, job security or COVID, you know, 
sitting in sitting in the field of acceptance allows me to just witness it as an experience so i'm stepping away from the i am depression and seeing i am experiencing depression there's mm. such a huge difference right and and that goes for everything in life we actually aren't any of these things you know we are nothing <laughs> I, I found through not just through reading but through experience essentially we're nothing when it comes down to it we're not the body the mind the heart we're not even energy we're what's before that which is nothingness and all of this energy sadness happiness is an experience and to call it out for that really helps really helps to find gratitude in life because I could even say I am experiencing sadness but that could bring me joy just to know that I'm able to experience sadness if we're nothingness and totally nothing how amazing to experience something right happiness and sadness <laughs> so I'm getting like way esoteric and out there on you but no, um, <laughs> yeah those are those are my practices right now acceptance and affirmations Ah, I love it. I'm really, really happy that you brought that up too, because I'm, I'm a big believer in, I love affirmations for like rewiring your brain. And yeah, I believe this is my belief <laughs> that there's nothing wrong with being with your emotions, especially if something happens and you're like, you know what, like, Today is the day that I'm just going to be with my emotions. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to watch Netflix all day. I think the problem comes in is when we sit with that and we allow that emotion to control us for days, weeks, months, years on end. Something happens, you know, like when my aunt passed away, it wasn't like, oh, you know, the day she, she passed away, I like found gratitude in that moment. It was a process and it was like you know even for that week afterwards I really sat with the loss of her and then it was like and then I knew okay it's time to get back to your self-care routine it's time to you know look at the happy thoughts and move with that and I I think there's this in the spiritual world you know you can spiritual bypass it's like you're feeling something and you're like I'm choosing to like just focus on the joy and focus on this and I believe in looking for gratitude and to look for the joy in things as best as you can, but then knowing yourself when you need those days to just be with your emotions and to just, you know, don't maybe wake up and be like, you know, sometimes we do, we stub our toe or something happens and we write the whole day off. And it's like, no, like, you know, that was just, it, that sucked is it really a crappy day because you stubbed your toe? Like, are you going to wreck your entire day because of that? No. Okay. It's like, laugh it off, do some positive affirmations, do a yoga flow, go for a walk, do whatever it is that needs to take you out of that. And I feel like I kind of went all over the place there <laughs> with, <laughs> with everything. I'm like telling you to feel your emotions, but like not to sit in it. And I, I believe in the power of being able to like rewire our, our brains definitely. And whether that's with meditation or affirmations, but then I also really like, like the Buddhist mindset of like, just being with an emotion and not attaching yourself to certain things or to like, you're saying their emotions, their feelings, you're not 
I am depressed. It's I am feeling depression today. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. What I'm hearing from you too through that is like balance, right? Balance of our practices of when it's okay to just sit with it or when we need to force ourselves off our butts to take a little preemptive mm -hmm. action. And maybe the action is just bringing in affirmations and thoughts, right? Like that is an action mm -hmm. and, and realizing that we do have some choice. I know sometimes it feels like we don't and, and that's okay. But when we have the capacity and the power to, to call ourselves out and step into that seat of courage and take some action, whether it's just forcing ourselves outside or saying a nice affirmation, like whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. That, yes. that balance between the two. Yes. Yes. Is there anything that I haven't addressed with you that you really want our community, our audience to know, whether it's about spirit animals or totems or just anything in general about, you know, energy or anything like that? Yeah. I think with the spirit animals, it's, it's such a gift and there's some steps to exploring it. So I'll give you guys those steps because I think it's really fun for everyone to explore. Maybe if you've already, you know, met your, your animal or like Megan, you know, like you kind of have an idea that it's, it's dolphin. Uh, here are some fun steps to explore, to take it one step further, because what does it really mean, right? To have a, a power animal or a spirit animal. And if you can't determine if it's your power animal or just a, a totem spirit animal, that's fine. It doesn't matter. You don't have to know all the answers, but we can be really playful with it and explore. So there's some fun things you can do, like ask it if it has a name it wants to share with you. Uh, ask it if there's a message it wants to share with you and ask it how how it can show up for you, how it's meant to be utilized for you. Because maybe they'll show you, you know, an image of you driving in the car on icy winter roads and you're gripping the steering wheel and you get that feeling like, oh, okay, when I'm in those situations, I need to call on you to be there as my protector. Maybe it's just your protector guide too. Like be playful, ask, ask it questions and be be confident, like don't doubt whatever you experience or whatever you see. If you listen to a guided meditation to find your, your spirit animal, or if you just set up your own meditation and space to meet with your spirit animal, or maybe you're going to go outside and find your spirit animal. It can show up in physical form too. Uh, you just have to be open and have that intention of I'm going to meet my spirit animal. And it could be just wild. You know, you could say, I'm going to meet my spirit animal today or my power animal today. And you're not setting up a meditation or anything. You're going out for a walk and you're like waiting to see the, the animal on, you know, the road or in the tree or something or on a hike. And yet you're walking on a sidewalk and um, a, a van drives by and there's a sticker of a turtle. <laughs> and you just get this feeling like, that's it. Or this excitement when you see it, it's this inner knowing, it's this spark, it's that gut instinct. And, and yeah, it's just like, it's just a feeling. It's so hard to describe. Uh, so it, it will definitely come also in unexpected ways. So just really trust whatever comes up for you and ask yourself first, what does this mean to me, this animal? And research it too, because you're kind of going to get like two answers, which is great. You're going to get more information by first asking yourself and then researching what that animal means. Yeah, so that's, I think, all I really wanted to share to round that off. 
Awesome. Yes. Awesome. I actually was going to ask you, you know, I know you had touched a little bit on it before about figuring it out, your power animal or your spirit animal, but I'm so glad that you gave us those tangible tips. I would also love to know if anyone's like listening to this podcast and you know what your spirit animal is, please make sure that you tag both Carrie and I on Instagram stories so that we can see what your spirit animal is because I love learning about other people's spirit animal. And it's funny because sometimes before the, before it even like the, they'll say something, I'm like, oh, I feel like it's this. And then they say it and I'm like, oh my God, I was correct. <laughs> I was right about that. Or, you know, you hear somebody's and you're like, yes, that is totally, totally you. Like I totally see that. And it's just, it's so much fun. I love learning about spirit animals and animal totems. And this has been so much fun. I can't wait for people to listen to it. Before I send everybody your way and to connect with you and to check out your offerings, we have something that's called a bonus round. And it's just five fun questions to get to know you in a lighthearted way. Are you okay. super excited? She's like, this wasn't in the questions. No, <laughs> <laughs> no they're super simple. One of the questions, one of the questions is about your spirit animal. So I'm going to have to swap it out for something different because yeah. we know what yours is. <laughs> but my first question for you is what is a book, podcast, or resource that has brought you immense value and you want to share with our audience? Yeah, sure. Uh, the Untethered Soul mm. by yes. Michael Signer. Yeah, is just life-changing. I can read it a million times and I keep coming back to it. Uh, and right now I'm reading Welcoming the Unwelcome by Pima Children, which I'm just getting into, but I'm super excited for that. It just feels like a really good theme in my life. And Pima writes some, I'm probably saying her name wrong, Pema, Pima, some really amazing books. And she brings in the, the Buddhist approach. She's a, a Buddhist nun, but uh, in a very relatable way, I want to say. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Question number two is, who is your favorite influencer or person to look up to for inspiration? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> There's multiple. I'm going to do two. Yeah. <laughs> the more the merrier. <laughs> yeah. I love the, the Dalai Lama for joy not uh, like I love his teachings and everything, but the, the thing I feel most from him is pure un unadulterated joy. And, and I see that in him and he can talk about, you know, war and chaos and, and then start giggling because he's just processed it in a way that I would love to get to someday to be able to, to truly heal all wounds and, and return to the natural state of joy. That's the man, that's the man for it. And then uh, for compassion, is uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who's also one of my favorite authors. He wrote the book, You Are Here, which also changed my life to get out of my headspace a little bit. And he'll talk about anger and, you know, family trauma and still loving, you know, that, that person who harmed you so deeply. And, and, and you just, again, it's the same thing. It's just a feeling like watching someone or looking at a person or even seeing a picture and you just see that real truthful love and compassion or real truthful joy. And those are two, yeah, big role models for me. Oh, yeah. Great it. question. Nobody has said any of those and the Dalai Lama, amazing. 
And then, oh my God, please don't hate me. Please don't hate me. Tig Nac Joy? <laughs> Tig Nat Han. And his name's spelled, I'm going to spell it because it's a wild one. If anyone wants to look it up, it's Tig, T-H-I-C-H. And then the second name is Nat, N-H-A-T, Han, H-A-H-N, I believe. Yes. I, are you familiar with, I, this could be totally wrong and please don't hate me if I'm saying this and people are like, that's not true. <laughs> Do you know who Jay Shetty is? No, no, I don't. I think that was one of his teachers, but I'm not, mm. I'm not a hundred percent sure. He is, I'm sure you've probably seen him online. He's the British Indian guy with the beautiful blue eyes. He's very big. He's got like a really big podcast now, um, but he used to be a monk. And then he like his, he said that his, his monk gurus or leaders told him that he had to go back into like the Western world and bring monk teachings for our lifestyle. And how can we fuse them both? I cool. think that was one of his, and I'm really, I'm so sorry people if I'm getting that wrong, but <laughs> I will link, I'll like send him your, not send him your information. I wish we were that close, but I'll like <laughs> tell you who, like I'll send you some links about him because he's a very interesting guy and he brings a lot of Buddhist monk teachings into the Western world and like really makes it into like our chaos. How can we like really find inner peace and inner calm and all that really interesting stuff. So mm. now I have to look up if that, if that really was his teacher. That was a long thing to your question or to your answer. <laughs> question number three is, what are you grateful for today? Oh, that's a great question. Today, what am I grateful for? Oh, this, this sounds crazy. So I woke up this morning and my throat's a little swollen. And I think the first thought I had, you know, is, oh, shoot, am I getting sick? Am I going to go have to get tested? I'm really afraid to get those. We do the nasal swabs where we are yes. to the back of your brain. But that actually brings up something I'm really grateful for, which is our healthcare in Canada and that we have these amazing supportive resources where we're not going broke <laughs> to take care of our health. So I'm really grateful that no matter what happens, I'll feel support. It's probably just a swollen throat, but I feel supported, you know, and to feel safe. So feel safe in Canada. That's what I'm grateful for. Oh, yes. Yeah. I talk about that one a lot too, because I think we get so, there's a lot going on with COVID right now. <laughs> it's what I'm trying to say. And I feel like a lot of people don't look to the fact that we have free healthcare, whatever happens to you, there's free healthcare. So thank yeah, you for okay. saying that one. <laughs> My fourth question is normally, what is your spirit animal? So now you can see why this question came up a lot for a lot of people, but we know what yours is. <laughs> so I'm going to flip that and say, was there any animal that came up for you today? Oh, was there an animal that came up for me today? Well, let's just ask right now. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so I'm seeing a turkey. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's a funny one for me. I'm I'm gonna have to reflect on it because mm -hmm. turkey I got <laughs> on my grandpa's bird farm, he did have turkeys and they just looked to me like aliens, like really scary, uh intimidating creatures. Have you been like face to face with a turkey? 
they're one of those creatures you're like yeah yikes <laughs> yeah it was wild and, and he'd always have the turkeys with the peacocks you know the beautiful peacocks it was really interesting that those um those birds were always around each other um so yeah i'm gonna do some reflection on that but i think probably what i'm seeing is uh for me the experience of you know what i reflect on is something that at first may seem <laughs> unappealing Mm. or unwanted uh, and finding something beautiful within because they're actually I've seen videos of people like cuddling turkeys like really loving huge you know they're big and intimidating but they're just again lovely beings so that's the message I'm getting is like not to be judgmental of whatever you know first approach um, and maybe that's a message for the audience today is to you know again don't be put off by what you're seeing and, and feel in deeper, feel into the discomfort to find the beauty within. Yes. No, obviously I didn't need that because I just went yikes thinking of a <laughs> <laughs> turkey, but you're, it's, it's very true. We have a lot of wild turkeys out here and a lot of wild peacocks, which really threw me off, but it's, yeah, they're, uh, it, it always makes me giggle when you see like, I don't know, like they're wild here. So it's not like it's not common to see them, but I always laugh when you see like a turkey on somebody's lawn and you're like, is that a turkey? Like what's happening here? <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thanks for asking. My final question for you is, what is your favorite form of self-care to practice? Mm, favorite form of self-care, going outside. Like, just get outside that's like my thing every day just get outside if you don't do anything today just get outside and I'm yeah I'm known for doing this even if it's just like a minute I just have to get outside uh, and the reason that's self-care for me is I, I always say it's like something magical that happens but I'm realizing it's not magic it's when we're in our homes and in our spaces, you know, there's these walls and there's these boundaries. And I think that's symbolic too of not just isolation, but the one, the feeling of one, of I am this one body, this one entity separate from everything else. And when we step outside, that just gets blown to smithereens because we have the opposing feeling of, yes, we feel good, but we feel connection, you know, if we're with trees or streams or rivers or even just grass, you know, whatever your surrounding is, being aware of that, there's this feeling that comes over most people I find, which is, it feels good, but I'm realizing to define it, it's, it's a sense of oneness. It's I am the grass, I am the tree, I am the water, and I'm not just this solo body, you know, and there's just, I, I think it gives that perspective of all of our problems are not really you know our problems they're just things we're experiencing and there's so much more to experience out there yeah so that's my self-care is i just push myself outside oh, <laughs> and i have and it just shifts my mentality around everything yeah amazing carrie this has been an incredible conversation i learned so much i know everyone else is learn has learned so much as well if people want to see what you're up to, they want to connect with you or work with you, where can everybody go and find you? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so there's two places to find me. One is uh, Instagram at Healing Earth Therapy. And I do some 
some posts on there. I have some like distance free Reiki you can check out and find some videos and just receive Reiki there anytime, which is great. And the other one I want to share is meditation. So I have about 40 free meditations on the Insight Timer app, that huge app that now has like 18 million people. It's crazy. Check me out on there under Carrie Sewall. And I'll, I'll just spell my name quickly, C-A-R-R-I-E, last name Suwal, S-U-W-A-L. And you can find these meditations. Most of them are tools to awaken your intuition, to sit with your energy body, to do some self-reiki. But there's also some meditations for, you know, full moon, new moon, chronic pain. You can find a lot of different things on there. And I also have some courses one for the law of attraction and also one on awakening your intuition. So those are the two places to find me, Instagram and Insight Timer. Awesome. I will make sure that all of this is linked in the show notes as well. So if anyone's driving or they just don't have access to their phones or a pen, you can follow the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. This was great. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give it a five-star rating and review. It takes two moments of your time and truly does make a difference in growing this community and showing support for the show. Make sure to stop by and say hi on social media, take a screenshot of this episode, tag our guest, tag me and hashtag the show, hashtag BYL podcast, share it out on your Instagram stories so that we can share it out on ours and I will make sure to slide into your DMs to say hello. Until next Monday, everyone, I can't wait to see you then. Namaste.